0: Hello everyone, this is Xander Braffel, Director of Marketing Operations at CS2 Marketing with the Forward Thinking Podcast. Today, we are opening the curtain into the secret sauce over here at CS2. Really excited for this topic. (laughs) We're gonna be walking through the Grow, Revenue, Growth Architecture Framework that's been developed over the last decade. Joining me today is Chrissy and Charlie. Thanks so much for joining today. Of course. I'm excited. So this is a big topic, it's a big topic, especially for you two who have been kind of at the center of, of formulating this. Um, wondering if you can help me set the stage. What is the growth revenue architecture?
1: Yeah, so I think before we really get into what, is, what it is, I think it's worth us kind of rewinding a bit and thinking about kind of the current state of where we are in B2B tech and marketing this revops marketing ops world that we're in and really understand kind of like where we're coming from when we decided to like formulate these ideas and think about this because yeah and a lot of this is actually informed by some market research that we did across our client base and a little bit outside um asking them some questions around kind of how they're approaching things some some of the biggest problems and kind of like how people are really thinking about this space Um, And of course, a lot of this is also formulated from just doing this for a decade or more now. Um, And there were two real big things that we want to talk about that really came out of that, that work. So the first one was there's something that we are terming the growth gap. So over the last decade or so, there's been a lot of growth when it comes to B2B startups and tech companies growing really fast, maturing their product, maturing kind of how they operate um, as a business on some levels, and just maturing just in general, just like their growth and how many customers they have, and all of that kind of company, um, all that kind of overall company strategy and company execution. However, the gap comes where there's a gap between what we're calling revenue growth architecture and we will explain that more in a bit but the architecture that's being used to drive revenue grow the company and be able to support the revenue teams to be able to take their products to market and the maturity in that architecture has not kept up pace with the maturity of the company or the mature or said another way the maturity of the architecture has is not mature enough for the company of their ambitions so what has happened is there, and there are growing pains. Like to put it plain and simple, there are growing pains where yeah. what the company needs is up here, and what the company has to be able to drive that revenue and grow as fast as they need to and be able to do everything that they need to do from a revenue strategy point of view is just nowhere near the level of maturity that it needs to be.
2: Yeah, I think I think too when we think about growth as well is like these companies, although it has stalled now, but their growth ambitions were set by investors and how much money they had. And, uh, you know, they would throw all of that kind of into uh, the product or in, you know, in different places. But I think from, you know, under the curtain, you saw like, okay, yes, this company has a ton of money. They're expected to grow, but actually do they have the the real architecture to do that hence why we we are terming this like revenue growth architecture <laughs> um and we we see that gap and they're like why are we hitting our pipeline goals why are we reporting again to the board that we can't meet uh you know our revenue that we were expecting and a lot of that has to do with just their ability to execute so um that and- that's yeah
1: yeah. And, and some of the examples like to kind of build on the examples you're giving there is like, you know, not having the analytics you need to be able to build a revenue plan, because you haven't set up the yeah. operational processes, you don't have the data model, you don't have the data, all the operational issues with just managing, you know, a sales and marketing team that has grown, you know, 10x in a couple of years. And the, what the, all of the operational foundation hasn't been built for to be able to make the most best use out of all of those people that you've got. Um, so there's I mean, we could have a whole podcast just talking through all of the all of the different issues. But fundamentally, it's just the investment and the resources put into growing and, or uh, maturing this architecture that you're going to be able to take your products to market and grow revenue ha- has not been at the, where it needs to be to be able to mature that architecture to the level that's actually supporting the business now and that you're actually going to be able to scale into like you've kind of mm. scaled out of that architecture and you know now it's just a game of keeping up. So yeah. that's one of the biggest, you know, the, the fundamental things about growth gap that we want to really kind of point out to people and um, make people understand.
2: Totally. And then, so with that growth gap and something that we also saw in our research, but we just see in the market in general is really just like a response to that it, even sometimes, it, it, and so we see an issue around, like, the value of what are what, what we're trying to do, the communication back to the business of what we're trying to do. And so a lot of the times when we talk about this, you know, revenue growth architecture or what would be that, um, people are, are trimming that down to, like, okay, operations. And they're arguing around, like, the team structure, like, oh, should this be a RevOps team? Should we have just marketing ops and sales ops? Like, how does that all live with each other? And it's it's really been focused on just, like, the people aspect. Like, how do we align the people? And we know people is a big part of what we do, but it's not all of it, right? It's There's people, there's process, there's technology. Um, and so I think because of that, we see, you know, just even if you try, you know, putting the people together, there's still fundamental issues around, like, lack of focus and prioritization. It's also sometimes misuse of resources too. Um, and it's just too focus on operations. So when you, when you say to a business, okay, what, what is it, what is this teams or what are these teams actually aligned around Then It's like, oh, well, they're all, op- they're just doing operations for that function. It's like, what does that mean? Like, actually, what is the true goal? And so on this podcast, I found like, oh, we're constantly saying, okay, line to the business goals, business values. And we would say all the time, what is the number one thing for the business? It's like driving revenue, growth, you know? Um, And so we're essentially just saying like, tackle this kind of head on. And when you really align, your people and resources, technology, operations, analytics all to support that main goal of the business, your revenue growth. That's where you can really productize it. Like really sell the vision to the company of like this is an initiative. This is the way that we're approaching our work. Doesn't matter how you set up those teams. They could be reporting to one boss, they could be reporting to several teams, but the way that we're really going to, you know, approach what we do, we're gonna put a we're gonna put a structure around it and a name. And that's really great because you know, you ask an operator, you ask the CEO, you ask CMO, describe to me what are your operations teams doing or what value Mm -hmm. do they bring? Everyone's gonna have completely different answers. Mm -hmm. And it's all going to be based on just like assumptions. And so this kind of does that work for the organization. It takes that guesswork out, it it eliminates that communication of like the value problem, but then truly aligns the efforts to the main goal of the business. Um, And so that they can then close that gap too. Like we need to see the company growing at the rate that we promised um, to our investors.
1: And talking about CMOs, so I was looking at some Gartner, Gartner research recently and I'll throw a few stats out here. So the top two gaps that CMOs felt like they had in their, their team were around marketing analytics as, as one gap, and then the other around MarTech. The other yeah. stat is two thirds of CMOs for a lack of confidence in their yeah. um, in-house operations c- capabilities to deliver on their strategy. And the last one is the number one maturity focus for CMOs was around their operations and execution capabilities. So this is a huge pain where they feel they don't feel like they can execute on their vision. They have they I recognize they have this growth gap where they're like we need to be here, but we're actually here. And then they're speaking to their MOPS team and the or their RevOps team, and they're like, you know, explain what you're doing or like let's help. How can we get there? And then the the way that the MOPS and RevOps teams explain their value is it's like we're doing MOPS, we're doing yeah. RevOps, and it's like. <laughs> like what is that like is that helping me actually get better analytics is that helping me actually be able to execute on my go-to-market strategy is that helping me in these other ways and it's like there's 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 this disconnect and that was what came back time and time again when we were speaking to when we were doing this research it was like the cfo just doesn't get what we do or the cmo just doesn't understand what we do or you know insert C-level person just doesn't understand what we do as a marketing and sales professional. And so therefore, yeah. you know, now kind of moving into explaining what our grow revenue growth architecture framework is, is that really there's two pieces to it. There's the actual revenue growth architecture, and I think it's worth defining that. And then the, I can, we can talk about grow and our framework around that. So mm-hmm. the revenue growth architecture, like Christy was saying, it's the it is the product of your work. Like so, so you're still a marketing arts professional, still a revenue ops professional, but you're building a product. You're building something that the company is going to use and leverage to be able to drive revenue. And there's a real impactful thing when you give it a name, the product a name, because you can then start to put value and meaning into that name. So that's why we feel like the revenue growth architecture terminology is great because it's like two things the company really cares about. And then you're architecting that and arch- the word architecture can be kind of applied to the design like how are you i'm just figuring out how to build all these pieces together and then also on kind of the technical implementation around each individual p- um, component of it so once we can actually have a name to put value into and we can explain that to the cfo or to the cmo okay how we close this gap or how we've even got a gap in the first place is our revenue growth architecture is not mature enough to be able to facilitate and execute the vision that you want. And we're going to work on maturing our revenue growth architecture and all of the components within that architecture, instead of saying, I'm just going to do more rev ops or marketing ops to, have to get this done, you know, it's a much more powerful, powerful message. And then also, um, I'll kind of say this last thing, and then we can go in Xander, see if you've got anything else we want to add or any questions or any paths we want to go down. But When you productize something and you think about it as a product, there's a few things that you kind of are forced to do. One of them is you need to really think about what the value proposition is of that product, right? Mm -hmm. So when we think about revenue growth architecture, we've got to really think about, okay, what is the value of having a mature and uh, well-built revenue growth architecture to support the business? And really, from CS2 point of view, there's four things. We can support revenue growth, and growing our revenue teams to be able to, to be able to deliver more revenue or be able to be better at just delivering more revenue through a better utilisation of our team and our channels and our budget. The second thing is customer experience. So we have to remember, yes, we're an internal team, but we are impacting the customer experience. One example of that is just the buying experience, right? Like someone's interested, what happens when they come to your website and try and get in contact with sales? That is an operational problem that is part of revenue growth architecture. The third thing is team efficiency. So especially in these times now, every company's wanting to be more efficient. We hold the keys to efficiency because we're building the automation, the tags, the data to be able to make people more efficient. And then the last thing that revenue growth architecture, uh, the, the value of revenue growth architecture is insight generation, because as we're thinking through what we're building, as we're thinking through kind of the data and analytics components of that architecture, that is gonna help the company understand what is working and not working and generate insight. So just making sure that when we're thinking about what we do as operations professionals or anyone in this field, we're not just doing the work, we're building a product and that product has value. And that's how we communicate our value to leadership and anyone that holds the key to more resources so we can further mature that revenue growth architecture quicker. And so the company actually has what they need. One thing that I love about this is that it, it really puts the
0: marketing ops professional in the driver's seat, right? You can become a proactive leader. You have a product behind you that we're going to talk about of what it really is, but you can come to the table with recommendations. And oftentimes, at least in the past, when I was in, when I was doing Mops work, it was very much like, what are the pain points that you're feeling? And that's how you fall into that firefighting mode versus here are the gaps that we've, that we've assessed and analyzed. And here's where we need to go. And you're bringing ideas to the table that maybe the CMO is not thinking of Mm -hmm. and just imagine what that's positioning you to do. Um, So I think that it's incredible that, that we have this. Um, First of all, I guess, like, can you break it down for me of, what is this solution what is this mm-hmm. product
1: yeah so we have our growth framework and it kind of leads nicely to our growth framework um and this is how we have conceptualized revenue growth architecture from kind of the the angle we're looking at it and really i'm trying to understand all of the components that really feed into revenue growth yeah. architecture um and what you just said there, Zan, is interesting because one of the things um, when you just said that, this, that there's like ideas the CMO not, might not be thinking of. One of the things that plagues our industry is that there's so much that we do yeah. that no one knows that's like part of the job description. So the issue is like, okay, you know, a lot of people when they think of marketing ops, I've heard this so many times, like they don't think of like advanced analytics and stuff like that. They mm-hmm. just think of like, oh, that's the person that sends emails out of HubSpot. Uh, or Marketo yeah. or something. Or so, to add
2: on to that, I yeah. think when I describe people on our team or what we do, I, I I've I have always felt so uncomfortable to even say marketing ops. I've always struggled with like, oh well, right. it's like you know, but we're supporting all of B two B marketing because we have that strategy. But then we are ops focused, and then we're but we're also talking about analytics and. And so I just felt like this this isn't working like trying to plug like the where I see like the operators on our team and how we approach our work it's business minded it's not just ops minded. And totally. so that's why it's really like architecture and to Charlie's point it's like list out all the things that you do. Okay, well Charlie and I actually did that when we get before we (laughs) came up this because we're like okay let's try and look at where we provide value what are all the types of projects we do yes there's a lot of uh kind of tangents to that but all of them have kind of like the same goal in mind which is like supporting the revenue team to drive growth and so that's kind of like where that started just to cut you off, charlie but before you even talk about all the components because there's a lot of like hours of us going through all of that and figuring it out. And, but to Charlie's point, we tried, we're trying to put structure around that. Like we, 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 we want to give it a name. We want to actually identify these are the core areas. And this is how we look at it in a way where CMOs, CEOs, the whole business can like really understand and, and show the value of why they all play a role together.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you ask ten Mops or RevOps people what they do, you're gonna get ten different answers, right? <laughs> yeah. Everyone, and that, and it's so ambiguous, it's so broad, it's just so multifaceted. And if you're not in the weeds with it every day, you just don't get it. Like it's just too hard to explain to someone. Like if you're going through all of the nuances and every single thing, and that's why there's this this disconnect. So if you can kind of roll it up into kind of an overall framework to help you articulate that to people, and I'm working on this, it doesn't matter, like really like what my job title is, I'm working on this and it's the value I'm providing. It's a much better story than just trying to say, there's a, there's a, you can have a lot more kind of tangible information in that than just being like, I'm a marketing ops person, you know, cause that CMO might've only worked with like, really tactical non-strategic marketing ops people. And they're gonna come in with that, Approach, But if you come and say I'm building revenue growth architecture and it's focusing on X, Y and Z, that's different than you just saying like what your job title is. Right. And you're going to have a totally different conversation after that. So maybe that goes nicely into um, kind of how, what it actually is made up of. So our GROW framework for revenue growth architecture is an acronym to make it easy to remember. So the first part of GROW, the G, is go-to-market design um and i'm not going to go like through every single thing in each of the categories but i'll give you kind of an overall because you know there's we could end up getting lost in the weeds a little bit but the first bit is go-to-market design so this is essentially um helping companies take what they're working on when it comes to -to go-to-market strategy where they're thinking about kind of like which you know the target industries they've done market research they're kind of filtering that through their go-to-market strategy and then designing essentially that go-to-market um, implementation and that design around how do we actually take this to market across what we see of course our clients like the three primary go-to-market strategies which is a demand general strategy an account-based marketing strategy and a product-led growth strategy So each of those strategies then have components within them that are still in the G of grow things like the contact funnel tracking, uh, how we're handling forms, how we're handling nurture, how, what, what is our concept around how we are handing off to sales and what are we handing off to sales and what is our, um, kind of buyer inbound process, things like scoring for account-based, um, for account-based things like account selection, tiering, your account funnel, account engagement, and, you know, so on and so on. There's a lot of different components that makes up that the go-to-market design layer. The second layer, R, is revenue analytics. So this is everything which relates to um, kind of uh, the strategic analytics framework that you have in your organization and every piece of that framework. So one kind of part of the one component of this is the framework itself and how you're documenting that and how you are even thinking about analytics. But there's also other components within revenue growth architecture, like the revenue planning and forecasting component, the KPI goals and incentives component, how are we actually structuring those goals? How are we reporting on those goals? How are we handling like the pipeline revenue source strategy and how are we operationalizing that source-based attribution, multi-touch attribution, um, and so on and so on. So again, the, big revenue analytics um layer there and that generally is broken into kind of the analytics framework layer like i said and then the marketing measurement layer and then the final piece the o is just all of that what well, we're calling it operational infrastructure says so all of that core operations that a lot of people think of when they think of marketing ops and revenue ops so it's like all of your tech that that's all of your tech like that you're using for your revenue teams like one of the core parts of this is you you want to think about this as overall architecture that is all it is kind of integrated with your whole tech mm-hmm. stack, as opposed to just like, you know, I'm supporting Marketo, you know, a Mops person does mm-hmm. Marketo. It's like, no, you're, you're a Mops person that's building revenue growth architecture, which you have to understand your whole stack and how it integrates. Um, otherwise, you're really missing a trick on being able to build the architecture in the right way, that's going to be able to support the business if you're too siloed in one tool. Um, And then other aspects of this is kind of that tech stack layer. There's a data automation and system integrity layer where you're looking at how all the processes and automation is set up within these systems and the data quality and centralized processing. There's a compliance and security layer, campaign operations layer and enablement layer. And all of that makes up the GRO. And then finally, the W stands for wins. So that's what we're trying to achieve from building this revenue growth architecture. And again, that's focused on the four primary goals of revenue growth, customer experience, team efficiency, um, and uh, insight generation. Insight generation. Sorry. Thank you, Xander. We'll uh, speed that one up in in (laughs) post-production. So... Um, (laughs) so that is the the framework and we can go into more details on some of the components if we need to but that's just the overall framework and kind of how it looks and if people want to see an image of that we can share that with them
0: yeah uh, I know that it's also on our website Um, we kind of have like what is grow and it's all kind of bulleted out there so if anybody's listening and is it is a visual interpreter um, definitely take a look at it there
2: Yeah. I think to kind of like sum up as well as like the, I think we'll do a deeper dive into kind of like our grow framework for everyone who's listening to, I think it's, it's important to note that like, when we think about these individual kind of components, like we're going to be doing podcasts around them. Um, we're really thinking about like, how it fits into this arc revenue growth architecture. And I think to, to, to make a point to what Charlie was talking about is like, I know we have a lot of marketing ops folks that listen to this podcast and things like that, but there's a lot of teams that support revenue growth. And, and yes, like a, I think a, a big issue of, like growing pains in my opinion is just an alignment thing. A a growing pain is like you grow your team, you grow the things that support, like, you know, and I, like I said, everyone kind of approaches it with just like a team change, but then, but then what, right? Like, but, but what are we actually like executing against? Like we're aligned now, but then I feel like I'm still doing the same job I was doing before, but like my boss actually doesn't even know what I'm doing, mm. you know? So I think this is a fundamental kind of approach for the teams to work together and, and rally around. And in this time right now where I see a lot of pains are around resources, finding the right talent, having enough people. and so creating that alignment where you're not like misusing uh, so people doing analytics on for just one team, you know but they're still using the same systems. those that data is misaligned because another team doesn't is pulling them differently. like that's a symptom of not having this like approach to revenue growth architecture. It's just like, oh we just split out our teams and we're just you know gonna do whatever supports you know whoever told me what to do right? And so I think that's a big part of it is like companies are like I think especially now are focusing on efficiency. This is a great way to rally your team and get them focused and get them focused in the right areas with their limited amount of time. <laughs> you know, so and a limited amount of budget, uh, technology sometimes. So I, I think this is a great thing to adopt. And one of the things that I also... Uh, like about this is when we think about operations a lot of the times people go, oh, well, you know, I only need one person. We're a small team right now. Or we don't need all those operations. Like we don't need rev ops. We'll just like grow into that. So they're always thinking about it from like a people aspect kind of thing. But revenue growth is a goal of the company from like day one. And so when you're really thinking about something – that a company can really invest in, support in early, you can make the case for revenue growth architecture earlier because like it just makes sense. Like this is what you're doing. Like it's it's not something you can say you can just, you know, grow into. <laughs> you know, you can't just grow into revenue growth. Like you should be thinking about that from day one. And so I think for the business, this gives them the confidence to start thinking about this early. Figure out how they can invest and align their team early into it. I think mean, if you if you have that luxury of like you're a small company and you're listening to this, it's probably a great time to dive into thinking this way because it'll only like kind of be easier for you versus a company who's been in their ways of uh, approaching this work and their teams and stuff like that. So it's going to be a little bit of a larger lift. So, but I do it's it's not impossible like but you know even the marketing ops team to start can start evangelizing for um using this and using the framework cuz a lot of it is aligned to the projects that they're already being like work working on per se
1: and yeah. the one important thing to call out on the um <clears throat> on the actual components of revenue growth architecture is that it's the the term architecture could lead you astray thinking it's just kind of like tech implementation type process stuff but there is more to it that there is more kind of components that are actually more around planning and enablement and actually kind of supporting the teams and building kind of this whole your approach to these things and the strategy to a lot of this it's not just like how you technically implement things and that's where a lot of teams can kind of get lost because they think their role is just creating you know different automations but really There's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of thinking about this. There's a lot more to kind of, especially around analytics, around how we're thinking about this, how we're deploying this, how we build an analytics framework and how we're enabling the teams to actually help with the insight generation. And then the the last kind of piece of the actual framework is that the framework isn't there to just be kind of like a list of things to do, right? right? Really, the framework is there to help build that what is the makeup of revenue growth architecture so everyone is aligned like these are the pieces Mm -hmm. of like our revenue growth architecture that we need to focus on so that's first second it is now that you go through the exercise of analyzing and assessing the maturity of each of those components and you can do that through a diagnosis or an audit yourself or with an agency like ours And then understanding where each of those components sits on the maturity curve as it relates to where you need it to be on the maturity curve, essentially giving you a visualization and documentation of your growth gap. And then you can build your roadmap around the items of revenue growth architecture that need to be matured to help close that gap. So now you've got kind of the product, what you're delivering, each component assessed, each component now on the roadmap for a reason, because you've attached that to one of the four different goals of the fourth that kind of slipped my mind, (laughs) but the four different goals that we talked about, and then build out that roadmap aligned to essentially, um, maturing your revenue growth architecture to the point where you need it. So just that last point is, is key. It's not just a list, right? It is, it is a functional, um, documentation around how to actually improve that architecture as well and direct the team onto what's important
0: absolutely and, and i think that every every organization is going to be different in terms of like what they need to prioritize first and mm-hmm. so it's nice that there is a framework that's very adaptable we're using it with multiple clients and multiple different industries right and it and it's applicable everywhere and none of it is necessarily like news to anybody right like yeah. <laughs> we're used to having lead lead routing or lead scoring or something else but when you start to really put it all together and figure mm-hmm. out how all of these pieces work together i find that there's a lot of topics on here that most organizations when you say who's responsible for this it's not the mops mm-hmm. person raising their hand most yeah. of the time it's not anybody raising their hand and that's when you really know that it's right. a problem <laughs> so you know now having a framework that you can walk into the room and say I will own this, but it's a, it's a collective team to get it done. And you're bringing in all of the stakeholders to have these conversations can go very, very very far.
1: Yeah. And it's why it kind of, it reframes the whole conversation around, should we be marketing ops or revenue ops and who's, how, how is the hierarchy? Because at the end of the day, like. That's not the goal. Like, again, that's too like team focused. We're focusing on just like the team and the structure and we're, we're Mops that does Mops and we're RevOps that does RevOps. So how should we do Mops and RevOps together? We'll create a hierarchy. But no, you're not like, who who really cares? Like every company is going to approach that problem differently. It's not really an argument to be had. Just kind of figure out what works for you. Really the goal is to build revenue growth architecture and every component of revenue growth architecture is probably going to need a Mops person in the room, RevOps person in the room, and more people in the room, leadership mm-hmm. and other marketing team members, CS in some cases. So it, it, it reframes the conversation from, okay, how do we structure these teams to more like, how do we build this product the best? And mm-hmm. then it, then you feel, figure out how to align the teams around that, right? Like, yes, you might you, ultimately you need to decide whose boss is whose, but that's not really what's the most important. It's the alignment piece. So if you have, if you've got marketing ops separated from RevOps, you don't need to put them under RevOps to build revenue growth architecture. You keep them the same, but just make sure they have the right alignment to be able to build revenue growth architecture and measure them on the building of the architecture together, um, as opposed to trying to fix it with the latest kind of craze of team structure that's going around LinkedIn. So if I'm a, if I'm a practitioner.
0: I'm a mops manager and I wanted to kind of start to, start to assess how I could do this. Do you have any recommendations for me? What should I socialize? Where can I go for more information? What do you think?
1: Well, we're gonna be releasing more podcasts on this. So like shameless plug there. Um, uh, One of the next ones we're gonna do is really the methodology around how to implement this revenue growth architecture framework and there's A lot of thinking there around the diagnosis process and then the, the integration. When you think about each component, the integration between strategy, implementation, and analytics, because every component really, like when you think about everything that we do, everything that we do kind of has the strategy behind it. How do we implement? And there's some kind of data and analytics component to it. But often people... We'll approach it from like one of those things without remembering the rest. So like we're doing a, a tech implementation, but we didn't have a strategy or I want that to build never this report. <laughs> <laughs> I want to build this report, but I haven't built the operational process for for sales to be able to do X, Y, Z, to be able to track that, to get that report. So, you know, that's a lot for over for another day, but you know, we're going to be talking about this a lot on, on LinkedIn. We can share the, the actual components and the structure of revenue growth architecture, which will be a good start just so you understand what it entails and all of the different components that I went through earlier. So that's kind of like a more practical thing that you can then look, try and assess yourself on like each of these components, like how are we doing? And then one more kind of probably more ambiguous thing or like less kind of specific, like act- actionable when it comes to like, you know, a document that you can use or a visualization is just Trying to think about your work more in this product mentality where you are building a product and it's called revenue growth architecture. And it's what's supporting your company, take their products to market and drive revenue, drive insights, create a customer experience and build team efficiencies. And that's how you're communicating to your leadership team and how you're communicating externally and internally to how like really about your work and the value that your work provides, as opposed to just, talking more ambiguously around just who, like what your job title is and expecting Mm -hmm. everyone to know like what that means.
2: Yeah. And I think like just if you are a practitioner, like I think maybe sharing this with your boss, like whoever heads up the team, maybe start like conversations around that. I know, um, you know, teams have been cut But there also might be a case for you to, as a kind of survivor through through that for everyone else, like everyone is a little bit lost, like in some ways too. So maybe using this as a time to kind of like rally around something that's going to make everyone more efficient, improve the customer experience, which will hopefully can be a competitive advantage and win more deals, give you insights, which everyone is trying to look for because they need to prove and be like mindful of like their dollars are actually useful. And then, you know, in the end drive revenue so we can like bring these ships around, right? Like everyone's trying to be profitable, like, or at least close to profitable because we saw that that wasn't happening. And and now companies are like, okay, we need to get everything back on course. So I think you can rally the, the teams around you. So start evangelizing for that and maybe have conversations around it. Um, And then see how that goes. And then if you're a leader listening to this, I think really thinking through like how you can like bring this to the organization as a way to um, reframe what your team is doing, like what you're supporting, how other teams can get on board. And I don't think a business or a CEO is going to knock you for thinking about how can we make this business you know, drive more revenue. No one has ever gotten fired, I think, for maybe trying to do that <laughs> proactively. So, um, yeah. Well, that's like just, you said, there's
1: yeah. there's nothing in the, within the components. There's nothing in the components that's that's really like, you know, would be new new to anyone. Like all of this, all of the components are kind of understood aspects of what we do. Right. The the the, the value here is having a vehicle to explain what we do that can really frame it for people and these this is it it's got a name it's got these layers it's got these components and it creates this value you know it's like um it, it's, it's it's just like how companies market their products right like and then how they get people interested in their products you got to think about that like kind of with your work you know facebook come up with a random example was like we're a team of engineers that you know, does coding and stuff like that. And that was their value proposition for Facebook. You'd be like, cool, great. But no, they're like, we're building a social network to help you connect with people all around the world kind of thing. And it's called Facebook. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, that is a a, a a framing that can travel and be marketed to and be understood. And you can put meaning into what that terminology is and then people understand it and you can market that and then people you know, use it. Right. So so if if we're trying to just make sure that we have something to just so so when people in like ten years time, when the 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 people talk about this all the time in our communities, it's like, what do you tell your parents? You do like if you're in MOPS or RevOps? and that might be a bad example because maybe they're never going to understand. But I at least want to get to the point where everyone knows that these teams are building this. Like if you're in the industry, right? And because. Yes, your mom and grandma might not know. uh, But right now we've got a problem. Like the question should be like, what does your CFO think you do? Like, like, and you should be like, because I bet everyone's got crazy answers for that. And they don't even, your CFO probably understands what you do in most cases, just as well as your grandma. (laughs) So like that's the problem that we've got. And that's how we, why we need to articulate this in a much better way. Uh, And really give it some meat behind kind of what this is, give it a name, productize it, understand, give it a a conceptualization so so we can package that up, put value into it, and make sure that people know the important work that we're doing. Because really, the business is operating on all this stuff, whether the CFO or CRO knows it or not, right? Mm -hmm. We need to figure out a way to explain it to them. Absolutely. That's fantastic.
0: Uh, Any other closing thoughts from either of you?
2: I think just stay tuned. I think that (laughs) obviously this is uh, something that we're starting to evangelize. We'll have like more content around it to support everyone on their journey as well as how we're thinking about it. But um, I think hopefully it solves a lot of the things that we, like you and Charlie just described um, and bring more value to the work that we do, getting hopefully more resources and everything. So Um, in a time where it's struggled to, um, but really focusing on like, you know, achieving the main goal that we're, we're really here to do, like, you know, and, and I think that's something that people can get behind. Everyone's looking for a mission. Yes. Okay. The mission for like the product, but what about the work that I'm doing? Mm -hmm. Can I align it to like Mm -hmm. this thing, this mission, this product, and that's even more valuable to get people psyched about their job, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. I remember I remember setting like OKRs and then you kind of get down to the mops team. And, you know, if, you, if you're if you only working on the day to day and you're not thinking about the next thing, like, are you really fulfilling those OKRs or are you just supporting the teams who are fulfilling those OKRs um, right. and having this this broader view and this more holistic view? You can start to pinpoint the improvements that you can make to help you hit those OKRs and really like show the value to the teams to the outside stakeholders uh of what you're doing.
2: Mhm.
0: Absolutely. That's great. Um so you know in summary we were talking about we had a huge gap that we've seen from this growth of organizations and the operations side of things have have not been able to keep up, right? Um we haven't been able to express the value that we provide nearly as efficiently as other teams have found uh, within an organization. Um, And so as a result, this GROW framework is an incredible way to align the teams on core pillars uh, that contain both strategy, execution, and analytics to get you that that full complete uh, project, right? Mm-hmm. Um and the the grow assessment just as a reminder you have the go to market strategy which i think is the biggest difference for a lot of people is you be thinking about what is what is my marketing team and my and my organization really trying to do going to the market um and how can i help to improve that and make that better um you have revenue analytics so making sure that you have that like solid analytics that's aligned across the business and that you're not telling different information between marketing ops and sales ops and product and finance. Um, You have all of your operational efficiencies and, and all of the pieces that go into that. And then ultimately we want to get to the W of our acronym, which is WINS. And again, that is revenue growth, which we are all responsible for, improving the customer experience, building out more efficient teams and finding ways Mm -hmm. to make team efficiency greater and then finally generating insights out of that data and the sooner that you can do that the better that you are going to be two three four years from now because you've you've done the hard work now and you're going to be able to reap those benefits uh for
1: for quarters on end Mm
2: -hmm.
1: should have just got you to just do the whole podcast in the summaries (laughs) So
0: if you need the 15 second plug on what we got today, uh, please feel free to share that. Um, If this is an episode of the podcast that you have enjoyed, we would really appreciate a review. This has been the forward thinking podcast. We will see you next time.